Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, as always, Anthony Pagnotti here with you, and today we are joined by yet another former Tar Heel, and this time it's one of the best defensive backs to ever put on a Tar Heel uniform. Ricky Barton is joining us today, and first of all, Ricky, uh, you know, uh, been checking on everybody, uh, you know, of course, last year when we did this, this was during COVID times. This year, a little bit different, things are starting to open back up but it has definitely been a tough year for a lot of people so how have you and the family been uh hanging in there over the past you know year and about three months now uh since uh, everything started with COVID well it's been challenging uh you know just like everybody's been dealing with it but um we made it through it okay um you know bumps and, and, and bruises here and there but uh, other than that everything's going okay well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And, you know, when, uh, you know, you look at, at your football career at Carolina, you know, you're one of those guys yet again. And it seems like, you know, a lot of the really great Tar Heels kind of went through this. You know, you were a guy that was coached by two different head coaches and two very good head coaches, but two very differing personalities as well. You know, you were brought in by Bill Dooley and, uh, you know, played your first two years under him. And then, uh, of course, uh in comes Dick Crum and takes over for your final two years. So, you know, when you look back on those two coaches, you know, what were the biggest differences that you saw between those two coaches? Well, um, Coach Dooley was more like a, a lunch pail kind of guy. He was tough, uh, hardcore. Um, I mean, it, it was, it was uh, you had to get it done because he was um, more or less a roughhouse kind of coach. Coach Crum was more like a like a math professor. Mm-hmm. He was more uh, X's and O's kind of guy and easygoing. And, uh, you know, it's hard to get him uh, angry, it seemed like. He just seemed like more like a, one of your school professors or something. So they had totally different type of personalities. And you had to make an adjustment because, you know, one was uh, 
his certain way and the other was the other way opposite. And if you couldn't make the adjustment, uh, you probably were going to run into some problems. And I just tried to uh, just play the game to the best of my ability and hope that it would work out. And that's what... Uh, that's what carried me through. Well, it worked out pretty well for you, you know. And and one of the other adjustments that you had to make in your time on campus was, uh, you know, your senior year, you make the move from cornerback to strong safety. And you actually had, you know, arguably your best year on campus, 103 total tackles, only two interceptions. But, you know, from, from what it seems like, a lot of people weren't really throwing in your direction. You know, why do you think you were able to be so successful with that move and how? having to do it as a senior coming into your most important year yeah that's that's a good point um i i was hesitant about making the move Mm -hmm. and uh, coach crumb had mentioned to me about he needed me in the middle of the field to help the team so i i I tried to put the team concept first in that situation and i figured that for me to become a professional football player it was going to be more as a cornerback than a safety but I, I kind of felt like I needed to get the team concept in first and uh, hope for the best, you know, as far as my professional career would go from there. Well, look, I mean, you were you had a ton of success. You were one of the leaders of that defense, and I mean, that move seemed to really work out for you. Second team All-American that year, first team All-ACC, and you had a lot of talent around you. You know, the one guy that everybody is, of course, going to want to hear about is, you know, a guy that turned out to be a superstar at that time when, you know, you were on campus. Uh, you know, he, he was starting to show some signs. You know, when you look back at Lawrence Taylor, what is the thing that you remember most about his career when you were there and, and as he was sort of building up into what he would eventually become? Lawrence was uh, a tenacious, not only football player, but he was a tenacious individual. And he winning was uh, not secondhand to him at all. And he would do whatever it took to win. Even when he was there as a sophomore, he was... Uh, he was on point to what he needed to do and he did it as aggressively as possible and he did it with uh, a lot of urgency. I mean, he just was naturally a very strong guy and he had a lot of athletic ability and once he was able to put all that in the same um, body with him, because he was growing the whole time, because he came to North Carolina at like 198, 200 pounds. And by the time he was a junior, senior, he was like 240, 250. So when you put that athletic ability, that tenacity, all of that into somebody who's grown size-wise, you know, you get what you got with him, which was one of the best linebackers I've ever seen play the game. Yeah, he was tremendous, and I mean, look, he he had some really great teammates with him as well. Uh, Buddy Curry's a guy that I think a a lot of people don't talk a whole lot about. He's definitely one of the more underrated guys. And then, you know, one of the guys that I always look at, and and I wonder, you know, what could have been, because he was just such a special athlete, was Steve Streeter. You know, I've talked to multiple people about his career and, and just how special of a player he was. I mean, this was a guy that in, you know, his final year on campus, he was a first-team defensive back and a first-team all-ACC uh, all punter. Um, you know, what do you remember about him being that, you know, not only was he one of your teammates on the defensive side of the ball, but he was also in that defensive backfield room with you? He was one of my favorites. 
I mean, I love that guy. And um, we did a lot off the field together. We 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 hung out together. We we um, and you know we practiced together. We talked a lot. And um, like I said, he was one of my favorite teammates. And uh, I miss him so much because when when we stopped playing in Carolina and you know went our separate ways, we stayed in touch quite a bit. And you know when he got in an accident, you know he still was the same crazy wild streeter that he always was that, that kept everybody laughing but I, I really miss Steve because we did a lot together and uh, then we got on the football field and uh, both tried to be successful in that aspect also yeah, well, both of you guys were extremely successful. And look, you know, getting back to you, you end up going on and, and playing professional football. You did it up in Canada, but you had an extremely successful career with the Ottawa Rough Riders up there. 15 career interceptions. Also had plenty of success as both a uh, kick and punt returner. Uh, you know, what was that experience like? And, and, and I'm assuming that it was also, uh, it definitely had to be a, a, a different, you know, start to you know your career when you got up there because you know you were going from being a guy that was uh, originally you know born and, and and raised in Virginia then you go to Carolina and then eventually you circle around and, and go up to Canada so how different was that experience for you well the game in, in the uh, CFL was a lot different from um, the National Football League and you had to adjust to the size of the field you had to adjust to the um motion that goes on up there and it, it just took a little while to adjust because the end zones uh, in the CFL are like 25 yards and in the NFL the end zones were 10, in college they were 10, right. so you had to get used to the size of the field the, the motion and the game in the CFL it was more of a finesse and a, and a speed game where uh, in the uh, International Football League, it's more of a more, it was more of a power game, size and everything. So you had to get used to a lot of motion and a lot of quickness and a lot of speed. And uh, it took some adjustments for a lot of guys that came from the U.S. Yeah, well, I mean, you had plenty of success with it. Uh, don't sell your shell, your, yourself short. And, I mean, six uh, very strong years in the CFL with the Rough Riders. Uh, you know, and... and since then, you know, where has life taken you off the football field? Uh, you know, I've asked this question to a lot of different guys, and, and there are so many different directions that it goes, but where has life taken you post-football? Well, uh, for the last uh, 27, 26 years, I've been working in telecommunications, and um, it, it really, you know, people don't recognize how sports can help you in, in your post uh, life but you learn a good work ethic you learn teamwork and you learn to um, just be accountable and all those things you do as a, as a football player you also do them in the workplace also so those things I combine with what I've been doing in telecommunications with Cox Communications and I've been like I said been with over 26 years and it, it's it's an environment that that you have to, like I say, be accountable for, and you have to show a great work ethic, and uh, that's all I've tried to do for my 26 years that I've been there, and uh, it seems to have been working out pretty good for me. 
Well, you know, the the last thing I'll ask you before we get you out of here, you know, th- there is you know, Carolina brings in Mac Brown in 2018, and one of the main things that he has said, and in talking to a lot of people that you know have played at Carolina uh, over the years, you know, th- that he seems to have executed so far is really establishing a really good relationship with some of the alumni. Have you noticed that as well? And are you planning to take a trip to Chapel Hill anytime soon to see? this team in action, a team that I think uh, is playing uh, about as well as it has in a very long time. Uh, I can I can see the excitement. Uh, I came to, before the, uh, the pandemic hit, I came to Chapel Hill to uh, Letterman's Day, and they, as a matter of fact, I came to the Duke game, mm-hmm. and uh, I can sense the excitement that the fans were having. I can also sense the excitement because I went in the locker room after the game I can see the excitement with the players. And he's bringing in very talented players, but he's bringing guys that want to win championships. And, and and I think those mentalities, instead of guys just being happy to be on scholarship and happy to just be a part of uh, Carolina football, these guys are coming in wanting to win championships. And you can feel that, that atmosphere. You can feel that drive. And I think um, – Coach Brown is, is doing a heck of a job with recruiting, and they and he's teaching and he's coaching these guys. And I think when you do it that way, success is right around the corner as far as on the national scene. And I think that's what Coach Mac Brown wants to do. He wants Carolina football to be a national recognition from uh, in terms of what's going on in that aspect. Yeah, and who knows? That could be as soon as this year, especially when you got a quarterback like Sam Howell in place. Hey, hey, Ricky, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, that was tremendous. Uh, love talking to you, man. Definitely one of those guys that uh, you know comes from from that era. You know, start of the Dick Crum era, end of the D- the Bill Dooley era. Uh, that was just extremely successful. Thanks for you know taking some time out and, and talking to us and uh, sharing some of those great stories. Well, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it, and. Uh... Uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to see each other pretty soon. Yeah, that would be fantastic, man. I'm going to be at a ton of games this year, so if you're coming into town, just let me know. I'm going to be uh, – I'm a season ticket holder, so I'll be at every game, and I would love to talk to you in person. All right, man? All right. Take it easy. All right. Thank you. All right, so there is Ricky Barden, the former Tar Heel defensive back, stopping by with us here on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Uh, really great talking to him, uh, sharing some great memories there of some really talented guys and of his extremely successful career as well. And again, guys, it's just, you know, we're going to keep rolling along with them. We've got plenty of other ones that are scheduled coming up, and you guys don't want to miss them because you get a different perspective from all these different guys. They played in so many different eras, the guys that we're going to talk to. Uh, and they give it to you pretty straight. Uh, that's why I, you know, definitely like talking, uh, you know, to some of the guys that have been out of the program for you know the 20, 30 years or so, because you know they they get to reflect back on some of that stuff and and tell some of those stories. And we got a plenty more of those guys coming up. We got you know some guys that that played recently. There's a couple of those already up on the website as well that you guys can go and check out, uh, or you know, in your podcast library. Uh, 
and you know it's it's just been great. I love talking to these guys. We did it last year. It was extremely successful, and uh, we're going to keep doing it this year and into future years uh, as well. So uh, that uh, that does it for the interview. Want to make sure you guys know. Go to the website heeltoughblog.com. That's where you can check out the podcast. Uh, it's got its, its its own tab up there, right next to the four corners tab as well. If you guys want to go and listen, we're going to put out our first new episode in a while. Uh, it'll be episode seven, I believe. That'll be going up uh, sometime early next week. So both podcasts are going to have new episodes. We're also going to do uh, a football one that is not going to be an interview uh, sometime early next week as well. I think that'll probably go up either Tuesday or Wednesday night. We'll put that up for you guys. Uh, that'll be a fun edition of the podcast. Uh, we got some interesting topics that we're going to go over. We'll update you on any news around Tar Heel football, including on the recruiting trail as uh, it is a big weekend in Chapel Hill. Uh, this is the first big one. Of course, it kicked off uh, in the middle of the week with uh, you know the maybe the Tar Heels' biggest overall target in the 2022 class coming on campus in five-star offensive tackle Zach Rice. Uh, so, a- again, it's going to be a hectic month. We've got you covered on the website, HeelTopBlog.com. We've got plenty of articles up there right now. Uh, what we've been doing is when guys have come on campus, uh, some of the big name guys, uh, and the ones especially the ones that are officially visiting, we have, if we haven't already put them up, we are writing scouting reports about those guys and then you know, the ones that we do have up, we're also putting those uh, back out to you guys via the social media feed so that you can read those. Uh, we're, we're, we're locked in. We're having you covered on everything so that you can get an idea of who's on campus, what they would bring if they were to commit while they were on campus. Uh, and we're, you know, of course, trying to keep you up to date with as, as much news as we're getting uh, that's coming out uh, about what's going on for these guys while they are on campus in Chapel Hill and you can read it all on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Uh, it's not only a big month for the football program. It is, you know, In terms of this podcast, we've been ta- pl- talking about that, plugging that a lot. But it's also a big month for the basketball program, too. They landed their first commitment uh, of, of the Hubert Davis era, actually. I was trying to think. Yeah, that is the first commitment of the Hubert, Hubert Davis era uh, on the recruiting trail. Will Shaver commits to Carolina, so that's a big one. Uh, uh, a guy that you know, a lot of people are, are, are sort of trying to figure out what exactly he is, why he's only rated as a three-star. Uh, pretty much what most people have said is that that's a ranking that carried over from uh, the prior year. Uh, most people believe that he will be a four-star. Will probably be somewhere uh, around uh, you know the the mid fifties. He'll he'll be a, a pretty highly rated prospect um, when they re-update the rankings. So make sure that you guys uh, are uh, you know checking out the website for all the latest on that. Uh, Josh will have you covered on all the news that comes out for Tar Heel basketball recruiting uh, during the month. Uh, both teams really hitting it hard right now on the recruiting trail. And uh, HeelToughBlog.com is the place to check out all that stuff. 
place where you can get everything all in one area, it is going to be the social media feeds, mainly the Facebook feed. That's going to give you everything in one central location. Uh, the Twitter feed does as well, but uh, when it comes to like posting the video podcast, we do those through Facebook, so it's just easier to go there because if you go to the Twitter page and click on the links that we have for the video podcast, it's going to take you to Facebook. But either way, Heel Tough Blog on Facebook, I uh, just search that in the search bar. Uh, make sure you like and follow the page and uh, you'll be able to you know, see all the articles, video podcasts, regular podcasts, all in one spot. And then uh, same thing, you know, on, on Twitter we put all the articles up. As I mentioned, we put all the podcasts up so you guys can check all that stuff out there. It's at Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. And then if you want to follow the individual accounts for the guys at the Heel Tough Blog, it is uh, for me at HTB Anthony uh, for Josh, it's at uh, HTB Josh, and then for Zach Hubbard, who is our recruiting analyst, uh, he is at Hack Zubbard two on Twitter. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Ricky Borden for stopping by with us. I want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels. <laughs> <laughs>